How can average working citizens like us, how can we reform our unjust financial system to erode the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich, and redistribute that wealth and power to average working citizens without relying on politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist, investment advisor, and founder of Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, we are going to be talking about vehicles of change. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then most likely you are someone who wants to see our financial system reformed. Uh, the reason why, that, that must vary. It could be that uh, you've been working hard your entire life and have never really seen, been able to, to, to get ahead. Um, perhaps you were a victim of fraud, such as myself, and you wanna see reform. Uh, maybe you, you see your parents working their butts off and not getting ahead, and you don't want that for yourself or for maybe your future kids. Um, it could even be that uh, you see uh, the injustice between the, the wealth gap, uh, the racial wealth gap, the gender wealth gap, and, and you want to see reforms in, in that way. What, whatever it is, to get a, uh, to have reform, to have this change, we need a vehicle to, to bring that about. So uh, a vehicle of change is anything that will take you to what your desired result uh, is. So uh, it could be a method, it could be a program, it could be an object, uh, an item. Uh, for instance, if you want to lose weight, uh, your vehicle of change may be a diet, uh, a program, a Peloton, something along those lines. Uh, so that's that's what we're going to be talking about, vehicles of, of change. Now, um, if you've been listening uh, to this podcast, then you'll know that I've talked about crowd investments as a democratic vehicle of change. Now, how I got to this conclusion, uh, well, it started off um, in 2016, where I was uh, completely turned off with the foul na nature of just the bickering and arguing amongst the general public. The politicians were bad, but that's kind of expected. Uh, the bickering and just the nasty nature, how, uh, how Americans were treating one another um, just based on your uh, political uh, affiliation. I, I just, it, it was a total turnoff and the foul nature of it drove me to look for a, another vehicle of change to reform our financial system. So uh, that's when I discovered uh, social enterprise, organizations designed to use business strategies to solve social and environmental problems. Um, now, in 2016, I was still in, in a, a bad place mentally. And I, I really didn't know what to do about social enterprise or really anything much about it. I, I did join the Social Enterprise Alliance. Not that I 
knew what I was doing or thought I could contribute uh, to the Alliance. I just wanted to support it in any way that I could. So um, after 2016, I, I, I started to work. Uh, I, I developed, uh, I was trying to work on improving my own self-confidence and, and regaining my self-respect. And I chose a vehicle of change with uh, a series of books written by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, it gave me the tools I needed to, to regain my confidence, my self-respect, and it put me in a better place mentally. So uh, when the COVID pandemic hit in March of 2020, um, I had just recently left my uh, job at working uh, for a wealth strategy company. I was 44 years old, um, unemployed and, you know, looking to what's going to be my next move. What, what will be my next step? Pandemic hit. I have, uh, two, uh, young boys and, um, decided that I was going to uh, stay home with them. Um, and my wife would continue to work. Now I'm, I, I gotta say I'm I'm very privileged and lucky to have a wife who is a successful pediatric gastroenterologist who uh, really allowed me to uh, think outside the box uh, because there wasn't any financial pressure on me to to get out and 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 go um, support our family. So very lucky, very grateful uh, to have her being able to, to step like uh, step up like that. Not only that, it was, it was a tough period for healthcare workers, uh, especially in those early, early days of the, the pandemic. So I was staying home with the kids and looking for my next step, what I wanted to do professionally. And I, I began listening to podcasts at that time. And it was something that I thought I could do. I'll, I'll, I'll do a podcast and I'm going to do it on social enterprises. So I, I, I began researching social enterprises. And um, a couple of months later, that the summer of 2020, I started to work on it and record uh, about social enterprises. And that's what I thought I was going to talk about social enterprise. Uh, but when I started to uh, do the research, not only did I learn about social enterprise, I learned about something called impact investing, um, which is, uh, investing for not only a financial return, but, uh, social and environmental gains as well. And it, it has to be um, measurable uh, impact uh, for, for social and environmental uh, gains to happen. So measurable impact and a financial return. Um, I also learned about uh, community development financial institutions. Um, these are institutions that were born uh, out of the ashes of the 1960s war on poverty. 
And I found this very intriguing. Um, war on poverty, a ton of money was thrown out uh, to, to try and solve poverty in the 1960s. And they tried it for pretty much the entire decade. And there wasn't a whole lot of results that happened. And which, you know... It, it's going to take time to 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 do you know poverty the the conditions for poverty you know the, they've been going on for thousands of years uh you can't just reverse something very quickly but um the public's uh willingness to spend all this money on poverty uh it it it, it, it no longer was there They're, they weren't willing to do it anymore the public and so uh when the funding dried up all these um, banks and credit unions that were relying on funding from the government to to maintain their operating expenses, well, they just went away. And it caused a lot of problems uh, with uh, you know just people who were unbanked before. They didn't have bank accounts. These are the vulnerable population, the disenfranchised uh, members of our communities, and poof, gone. These these banking institutions were, were no longer there. And the activists that were, you know, in the trenches on the war on poverty, um, what they did, uh, people like Clifford Rosenthal, um, what what they did was they turned they they went from being activists and then they became bankers and they developed uh, this uh, they they realized that in order to uh, provide financial services to the disenfranchised and vulnerable they had to be self sufficient and they directed all their efforts on a market based approach. Now when I heard that it it kind of Oh, wow, market-based approach. Um, that was one of the uh, triggers uh, for for my own um, direction to uh, to help reform our our financial uh, system. So, market-based approach, and they continue to uh, uh, grow these these banks organically. Um, and credit unions. And uh, in the 70s and 80s, they got a lot of funding from the uh, faith-based community, um, really supported them until they got a federal designation in 1994, where now there are yearly cash awards given to financial institutions uh, that are self-sustaining um, and that are, are making um, real progress in their communities. And they get these uh, cash awards to just really inject and, and make the, the, the change go quicker and, and have a broader scope in, in what these financial institutions are doing. So uh, CDFIs, incredible. I also learned about the circular economy, which was... Uh, really developed by a uh, a sailor who uh, was a world record holder 
She sailed around the world faster than anyone. It was a solo sailing voyage. And this was 2004, I believe. Anyway, uh, during her sailing voyage, she saw um, these whaling stations. Well, this was after her sailing voyage. She saw these whaling stations at the, on these remote islands that were abandoned. And she was wondering, well, how many times can we just set up, extract all the natural resources from one area and move on? Not only that, when you're sailing around the world on a boat, the boat is your world and you have to take all your resources for the entire trip if you're sailing you, there's no stopping uh, to get the world record it's you have to just always be at sea constantly moving and you need all of your your resources so she really developed um, a sense of of finite uh, ellen macarthur is her name dame she was awarded the title dame and so she de developed this framework uh, for companies to allow them to be not only uh, environmentally responsible, but it actually improved the company's profits and uh, lowered costs for their customers. So this was another market-based approach to, um, uh, for environmental reform. And uh, I also learned about uh, the, the certified B Corp community. Um, and the, the, these uh, are uh, businesses that uh, really promote stakeholder capitalism. Uh, so they, it's, it's in their, um, it's, it's part of these, these companies' missions to uh, look out for their, their company's uh, employees, their customers, their vendors and suppliers, uh, the communities they serve, the environment, uh, investors and shareholders, all stakeholders um, need to, we companies need to have a responsibility for, for all the stakeholders. And uh, that um, also was re really empowering to, to see that there, there is a, a big shift in, in how businesses are operated and, and, and run. Um, so the market-based approach, that was a trigger. And then the other trigger was impact investing. The problem with impact investing, well, first of all, it was started by philanthropists. These are wealthy people who want to uh, promote uh, social and environmental well-being through uh, charitable uh, causes. And um, so these philanthropists, they, they donate a lot of money to different causes around the world, and they kind of invented impact investing so they could invest and uh, get a financial return, but also creating an impact. The problem was on impact investing, it was reserved exclusively for accredited investors, meaning you either have to have a million dollars cash in the bank, make $200,000 a year for the last two years as a single person, $300,000 a year for the last two years as a uh, couple. And this locked out the general public from participating in impact investments with the exception of CDFIs, the general public could still 
uh, invest in CDFIs. The problem is, is that CDFI investments aren't fantastic returns. Uh, the platforms um, have the, the three main platforms that you can go online today. They've never lost uh, an investment dollar uh, or principal and have provided modest returns. Now, past performance does not guarantee future results, but um, the CDFIs have done a really wonderful job to allow the general public impact investing. Now, working to, to that, what the really aha moment was, was seeing, was having worked at a wealth strategy company, I learned that the general public could have access to this private market, which impact investments have, which have been, the private market is reserved exclusively for accredited and institutional investors. And discovering that there is this back door that was made available in 2015 for the general public to engage in the private market via crowdfunding. So that's when it all uh, came together for me. Okay, market-based approach, social enterprise, impact investing, private market, crowd investments. And that's what led me to, uh, to create this, this company that is dedicated to reforming our unjust financial system through crowd investing. And I, I, crowd investing, I, I saw as this just a wonderful, amazing vehicle to reform our financial system from many different angles. And so I, I will be continuing uh, the, the story of the, the different vehicles of change, uh, the different crowd investing vehicles of change uh, that are currently reforming our unjust financial system. Uh, my name is Paul Lovejoy. Thanks for joining me. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to reform our unjust financial system uh, democratically without protesting or divisive political action, go to my website, uh, website stakeholderenterprise.com.